Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Oh, glory to God. Well, welcome back, Wisdom and Stuff Podcast. This is Daryl Boucher with you today, and we're going to be, um, I don't know, we're just going to be getting into some things. We'll see how the Lord leads it, but... Oh, I've just been praying, uh, obviously, you know, in my daily prayer times, and he's been leading in, it, me into, uh, you know, really just such a, uh, I don't know, to me, it's been such a higher level of, of consecration with him and uh, just awareness of him more than anything else, uh, awareness of who we are. Uh, you know, Jesus said this in John 17 when he's praying. He's praying to the Father, obviously. Who else would he pray to? Anyway, he's praying, and uh, and he's praying just right before he goes to the cross, and he's praying about, about us. He's praying about the body of Christ that's going to be the body of Christ in the earth. He's praying about his disciples and about those who would believe and follow him. And the, the John 17 prayer is the longest prayer recorded prayer that we have of Jesus. And I encourage you, go through it, and you see you see a prayer that is typical of somebody who has communion with the Father. Uh, this prayer is not, you know, some amazing prayer that only Jesus could pray. This is a prayer of a son to his father. This is a prayer of somebody who has communion, somebody who understands their relationship. And so this is a typical prayer. And uh, and th- this is this is a prayer where where Jesus is allowing, you know, just just the, the reality of God to permeate the conversation. And I think so many times what we're what we're doing in prayer is we're allowing the the the, you know, basically the the reality of our perception to permeate the conversation. And so, and you understand, God God wants to talk to us all the time. He wants us to have conversation with him. He wants us to to share our hearts and all that. But honestly, what we feel is not the biggest deal in the room. It's 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 truth. Truth is what makes us free. Our feelings never make us free. Our thoughts never make us free. He doesn't want us to be any more intellectually run as he wants us to be emotionally run. He doesn't want us to be any more logically run than he does feelings run, okay? He wants us to be spiritually governed. And so uh, we, we need to be communion governed, okay? And so the, the, the problem is that we, we tend to value, you know, one or the other. We tend to value uh, either what we think about something, what we conclude about something, what our process is, what our perception is, you know, what we feel about it, what, we, what we've experienced, from it we value all those things and none of those things matter if they if they're contrary to truth truth is the only thing that actually is aligned with our freedom and it says when the sun sets me free i'm free indeed so i'm supposed to have the same level of freedom as 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 jesus himself and that truly is the freedom i have right now i have that level of freedom i don't have to attain it nor produce it i simply have to yield to it and so um you know, when when we get into these things, you know, we 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 tend to want to be related to on the level that is the most comfortable to us. And if you read through the scriptures, Jesus never does that. Okay, He never relates to me on the level that I'm the most comfortable. And uh, we want to be related to. We want to be identified with. Instead of us identifying with Him, we want Him to identify with us. And so we just want to be heard so badly. You know, it's like it's it's so funny when you're when you get into any any situation. Um, you know, we just want to be identified with. We want to be we want to be related to. We want to be heard. And uh, and yet Jesus is is saying that's not what's going to set you free, though. You know, what's going to set you free is truth. 
and you know he you know I've, I honestly I've been a Christian a long time now and and I've 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 talked with with the Father so much and with Jesus and communed and done these different things and uh, and you know he is a very patient Father and he wants to hear me he wants me to be very free in his presence he wants me to be very free. And he wants to. He wants me to know that I can express anything to him. I can. I can bring up. You know anything. I can bring up every fear. I can bring up every every shameful thing. I can bring up. You know sin. I can bring up uh, questions I have. I can bring up confusions I have. I can bring up all these things in his present. He is not uncomfortable, and he is not judging me. He's not condemning me. You know. And and I love the fact that that you know. Uh, uh, over the last, I don't know, generation or so, you know, the the protocol of prayer has has really been kind of attacked and broken off. Praise God for that. We shouldn't be a protocol based people. We shouldn't come to God thinking that He doesn't want to hear us. He does want to hear us, but Him hearing me does not make me free. Me hearing Him does, and so you know, it's 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 you know, if if you have children and all they do is is come to you with problem after problem after problem and they never want to hear the solution they never want to hear that or they deny the solution where you know you're like okay here's what you need to do with that yeah but yeah and they have a, they have an excuse for everything you know that this is man I tell you you know so many Christians have an excuse for everything well that just that didn't work for me or or I just don't really feel this way or I just don't know how that how that happens or I just you know I, I remember one time my goodness I was this was back when I was living in Tulsa, a long time ago, and uh, and I was, was before I was married and everything, and and uh, there was a good friend of mine who lived in Oregon, and they uh, they had some questions. They asked me something. This is before internet, you know, way back in the archaic days, before we had cell phones and before we had internet and before we had all these things, where we literally had to pay for long distance. Man, what a thought! Um, which was not cool at all, honestly. Uh, but we had to pay for long distance, and and since you know, and we wrote letters like I actually wrote took a pen you know a writing instrument and put it on paper you know and, and wrote and uh, and mailed it off and um, so anyway I did that though I you know I wrote letters and so anyway a, a friend of mine from Oregon had asked me a question just, just about the word about something that, that they were thinking about and they'd been saved a lot longer than I had been saved but they just had a question and so I was like okay you know and and I I, I just wrote him a letter back you know and I was like hey here's here's what the word says and I I gave him I don't know I don't know quite a few verses I don't remember how many are right off the bat but it's quite a few verses you know it was like here's what the word says da, 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 da. and uh, and so sent him off and then like the next time I I talked to them on the phone which was several weeks later I was like, oh, did you get my letter? And they're like, yeah, and yeah, I, I see, I see what you're saying, I see what the word says, but I just don't know. And I was like, well, what don't you know? I mean, if you know, this is the thing. It's like either the standard is the word of God or it's not. And, and Jesus made it very clear that that you know we come to Him, you know, as 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 children, but our our truth is in the word of God is truth, and the truth makes us free. But the truth comes from the word. And he can reveal his word a lot of different ways uh, outside of me reading it, you know, but but really the word is still the truth and we're not ever going to get away from that. He says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. So when we get to heaven, guess what we're going to be dealing with? The word, the word is still the standard. And, uh, and we, you know, if you, know, I can't, I can't, I need to come up and, and instead of saying, instead of having all the excuses as to why the word's not true in my life, give me something that says it is. 
you know, attach some humility to the word and don't just acknowledge the word as truth, but believe it as truth. And this is, uh, and the, 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 the real issue though, is we, we haven't found our identity in the word yet. We're trying to attach the word and make it work with an earthly identity. And that's never going to work. You know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that, that the word or all, all these things, these spiritual truths that are being revealed to us, it says they, that the, the natural man cannot receive the things of God because they're foolishness to him. And, and they're gonna be, they're, they need to be spiritually discerned. But the natural man cannot receive the things of God. That tells me that the things of God are never designed for the natural mind. They're designed to renew my mind, to, be, to, to actually take on their spiritual identity, but it's not written to my natural mind. It's not written to my brain that processes things through, through experiences and conclusions. It's written to my spirit, man. It's written to my spirit, man, to renew my mind. It's written to my spirit so that it actually, it actually uh, uh, gives me the opportunity to humble myself to a higher truth. And, uh, and this is, you know, what we're doing, though, is many times we're taking the word and we're trying to apply it to us. You know, it's like we're, we're it's, it's like putting on clothes, you know, like we take this, you know, we're trying to, to put something on. And, um, and the problem is, is that, you know, it's like, the, to, to me, it's like, um, you know, I like, you know, the, the Incredible Hulk, you know, the Incredible Hulk, this massive, massive thing that is just huge. You know, if, if you try to take a, 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 a size small shirt and you put it on the Incredible Hulk, it's not going to work. Right now, that same size small will fit on somebody else, but it won't fit on the Incredible Hulk because by nature, the Incredible Hulk is is too big for that. Your spirit man is too big. It's too big for 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 natural things. It's too big for those things. And the, the, the problem is, is that what we're trying to do and vice versa is that spiritual things won't fit on. It just won't fit on the natural mind. It, it won't it'll, it, it will feel it will feel unfamiliar. It will feel foreign. We'll wrestle with things when we're trying to take spiritual thoughts and put them on our natural mind. And so we're, we're trying to like almost like, uh, you know, conform spiritual things into this natural world because we don't know how it makes sense. We don't know how, you know, the, the, the me being being seen with him in heavenly places makes sense with going to work every day. You know, that that's like a contradiction. And we're like, well, how does that even make sense? It's not going to make sense to your natural mind. The natural mind won't receive it. It's not even for your natural mind. It's here to renew your natural mind. Jesus said, you know, in, in John 17, when he's in prayer, and he says, uh, in, in verse 16, he's talking about us. And he says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. He says, sanctify them by thy word, and thy word is truth. It says, excuse me, let me read that correctly. I was misquoting that. It says, sanctify them by thy, by thy truth, and thy word is truth. That's what it says. And then it says, as thou hast sent me into the world, so have I sent them. So here he goes, I, just as much in equal capacity that Jesus is not of this world, in equal capacity that Jesus is not drawing from this world, is not limited to this world, is not defined by this world, is not, is not in any way uh, drawing identity from this world, in equal capacity, we are not of this world. So the same thing that identifies Jesus is the same thing that identifies us. The same resource that fuels Jesus is the same resource that fuels us. The same DNA that Jesus has is the same DNA that we have. We are made in his likeness and his image, right? We are, we are brethren. Jesus says he's not ashamed to call us brethren. 
He is the firstborn amongst many brethren. So we share the same DNA. We come from the same Father. Oh my goodness, we need to get this. Because we're, we're not earthlings. We are not earthlings. We're not of this earth. Uh, the New Testament was not, um, it, it was not a, a new list of rules or a new um, way to do things as far as it's not just giving us a new way to do things. It's not a new list of rules. It's not the Old Testament 2.0. It's not like a upgraded Old Covenant you know, type of thing. It's not that. The New Testament was not introducing new laws to man. It was not introducing a, uh, even a, a new and higher way to man. That's not what the New Testament was. The New Testament was introducing a new creation to the earth called us. The New Testament was introducing a being that had never existed before, that actually comes to God in a new and a living way, that has a new and living relationship that has never existed before. God is introducing us to the earth. He is not introducing something new to us. He's introducing us as something new to the earth. And so when when we begin to understand who we are in Christ Jesus, that we are seated with him in heavenly places, this is a reality. This isn't something that's going to happen, and it's not something that is that is is um, something that we're even trying to attain. This is a reality that we work from. This is the reality of it. And the, the problem is, is that we can get into a really bad habit of acknowledging truth, but not believing truth. That we can get into the bad habit of acknowledging uh, the, 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 what the word says, and we'll even say it's truth. And we'll say, oh yeah, but, but what we do is we kind of relegate it off to a different section of our heart so that our heart doesn't actually draw from that pool for our daily life. So we segregate our, our work life, our home life, our, our, our recreation life, our church life, our Bible life, our prayer life. We segregate all these different things. And we think that, well, all those things are going to be reconciled when we get to heaven. That heaven is the reconciliation point. It's not Jesus was the reconciliation point. He said that he reconciled all things unto himself. Things in earth, things in heaven, and things under the earth all have been reconciled to Jesus right now. Praise God. He's the reconciliation point. Heaven is not the reconciliation point. Okay, It says in, in Ephesians that there's one family in heaven and earth. One family in heaven and earth. Okay, so yeah, our family right now is separated. We, some of us are in heaven and some of us are on earth. Same family, same DNA, same anointing, same power, same revelation, same Holy Spirit, same gifts, same calling, same everything, okay? And it's just that we happen to be in two different locations. You know, and, and like I said, I have a, a sister that lives in Wyoming. I have a, uh, my, my mom and my brother live in Oregon. And, and I have a sister that's in heaven right now. But understand, that doesn't mean we have different DNA. That just means that, that we are in different locations, but me, when, when, when I go to, you know, Wyoming, that doesn't make me more of a brother to my sister or more or, or her more of a sister to me. We have the same DNA. Okay. And that doesn't change our father. You know, our father is still the same no matter where we are. Uh, this is, this is about being spiritually minded and allowing the word of God to take root in us in such a way that we stop making excuses and stop even asking the wrong questions. Stop asking the questions as, well, if that's true, if that's true, then why aren't these things happening? That's, it's a valid thought, but it's the wrong question. You know, and the, 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 the that will never be answered through asking that question. Um, the disciples continually had the wrong questions. All the way through the resurrection, we know that in Acts chapter 1, they had the wrong question. 
You know, and Jesus is like, that's that's not even the right question right now. Even though they had been born again and he had paid the price and they're looking at his his resurrected body right then, standing right before them, they still had the wrong questions. And so it wasn't until they waited upon the Lord and they actually, you know, took that time of prayer in the upper room and got into one place in one accord with God that they actually had their minds renewed as to what they were supposed to be doing on the earth. And, you know, that, that tells me that, that Jesus, paying the whole price, did not give them the right, an- the right questions or the right answers. Jesus, going to the cross, dying for sins, being raised the third day, coming back in a resurrected form, walking among them for 40 days, preaching the kingdom, teaching them of the things of God from a resurrected state, breathing on them and, and saying, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, which is when they got born again. None of that brought them to a place of truth. They still weren't in truth when he's about to leave. They're like, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel at this time? That was that had nothing to do with what they were here on the earth for. That had nothing to do with G- what Jesus had done. But they still had a perception that something needed to be fixed. That that you know they still had a perception that if only Rome was dealt with, then their life would be better. If only this exterior circumstance that has been hanging over them uh, all the time, that this exterior sense of bondage that has been you know uh, you, basically causing you know them to, to to have to abide by Roman laws and Roman rules and all these other things, uh, you know they they're looking at that going. If only that's fixed. Once that's fixed, everything is going to be good. And yet, and so they, they thought the Messiah was going to come back and fix fix all of their external problems. And when when he literally he does everything that God calls him to do, Jesus did the whole work. The work was finished, right? He did it all. He destroyed the works of the devil. He spoiled all principalities and powers, uh, triumphing over them in it. He he you know he did it all. You know, and yet him doing it all did not change their perception of bondage and freedom. <laughs> That's so interesting to me. Uh, so what we have to do is we have to stop waiting for something to happen. Okay, it's already happened. What we have to do is we have to begin to humble ourselves to say, okay, let me actually adopt this as truth, adopt it as truth. You know, I, I remember, uh, you know, just listening to uh, to I don't know, I think it was years and years, decades ago. I think I listened to like Doctor Phil, and he said he was he was talking to you know a married couple that was having problems, and you know he he said this he he was talking to I don't remember it was the man or the woman or both, but he said you know one thing you have to do is is just for like fifteen minutes adopt what your spouse is saying as 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 just like doctrine and truth, not just something you're putting up with, not just something that you're agreeing with to get through the argument, not with just something that you're agreeing with to appease them, but you actually adopt it as 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 living reality for you. So if they say something that you don't agree with, you know, and obviously we're, we're not talking about something immoral or, or, or something like that, but we're just talking about if, if they have if they have a perspective that's different than yours and you don't agree with that, then then he's he's saying one of the one of the best things you can do is just value it as if it's your own, adopt it as if it's your own, and just give it you know give it a place of honor in your thought life for like fifteen or twenty minutes, and just say okay, you know what, I'm going to embrace that as truth. Now. You know, he was talking to a married couple. We have a covenant with God, and yet we are continually contending with the one who has the highest thoughts and the highest ways toward us. We don't even know how to define ourselves. He does. And so, 
so I just, man, I, I want us just to, to engage with something. What is what is the one, what, what is one truth? I'm mean, just pick one today. Just pick one this week or whatever, but pick one truth that God speaks over you in the Word of God. I'm just talking about one scripture. If it says that you're complete in Christ, if it says you're a new creation, if it says you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, if it says if it says you know that, that you're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, if it says that that you know that you are beloved, if it says that you are favored, all these things that the word says, pick one and adopt it as reality for you. Adopt it. Just say, okay, this is now reality to me. And I am no less what the word says you know, I am, then when I'm going to be in heaven. Heaven is not going to distinguish the reality that I walk in concerning this truth. Jesus distinguishes the reality I walk in, and he already paid the price for me to walk in this on the earth. So so adopt it as reality, and then begin to ask yourself, what does this look like in my life? You know, this being true, not, not if this is true, because this is true, what does my life like, look like? What are the thoughts that are being challenged? What are the lies that I've been believing that are contrary to this truth? You know, and, and just begin to adopt these things as citizens of heaven. This is what kings do. This is what kings and priests do. This is what people who actually are, are in a place where they understand their role as stewards in the earth, this is what they do. We take on truth as our reality, not, okay, let me, uh, let me qualify this. Rea- the truth is not my goal. Truth is my reality. Okay, the, 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 what Jesus did is not something I have to attain. It's something I live from and not for. And so this earth is here and is designed to literally carry the glory of God through us. It's designed for it. It's, the earth is not a limitation to me. The earth is not a hindrance to me. The earth is not uh, an obstacle course for me. The earth is a palette that I get to paint the grace of God onto, that I get to actually manifest the glory of God in. And Jesus said, man, we, when we pray on the earth and when we, when we pray and we actually, he says he will do, if, if you pray in Jesus' name and, and the word of God abides in you and you abide in him, you can ask whatever you will and it will be given to you to the glory of God the Father, that you bear much fruit. And it says in this, my Father is glorified. That when we're bearing fruit from answered prayer, when we're bearing fruit from answered prayer, God's getting glory for it. This earth is designed to carry the glory of God. He says, the whole earth will be filled with my glory as the water covers the seas. But it comes as we adopt the the identity. If God, through the spirit of adoption, has actually made us literal children of God, which he has, then us, through the same spirit of adoption, we adopt that identity and we actually become literal children of God on the earth. Praise God. Just as Jesus was not of the earth, so are we not of this earth. And so I just, I just want to challenge you this week, man, take one thing and take, get that spirit of adoption on the inside of you where you adopt it, not as as something that's going to happen, not as something that could happen, not as something that's just, yeah, I true, it's true, but I'm still doing this. No, it is my reality. What does it look like? What's it coming against? What is it setting me free from? You know, what are the actions I can take to actually uh, uh, manifest this? What do I need to speak out of my mouth? What do I need to believe in my heart? What do I need to do in the physical realm to actually steward this into the earth? So, Father, right now, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you for truth that makes us free. We thank you that we are not of this earth as Jesus is not of this earth. And we just thank you right now, Lord God. This word of God is not written to the natural mind. It's written to my spirit. And and we just allow our, our natural mind to be renewed by it. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. 
Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.